churches come. And this year, we're having the new pastor of Manahawkin Baptist Church join us. And uh, where is Manahawkin Baptist located? Manahawkin Baptist is actually located at 400 Beach Avenue. Or you can go to Luke's house. <laughs> well, Nathan, it's so great to have you today. And uh, I know in the past you're still a good friend of our former youth pastor, Casey Ellis. And it's just a delight to have you come and speak this year. And it's wonderful to see how God has raised you up there at Manahawkin Baptist. And we just want God's blessing for you today. So come and bring the word. He is risen. Wow, I am making a mess already. It's a joy to be here this morning. The title of my message is called, Let the Nations Come to Zion. Today we celebrate the greatest day in the history of the earth. The day that can only be surpassed by the other great day in the history of the earth, when Jesus Christ returns in his glory. When Jesus returns, earth will be made brand new. Justice will be set in place. The people of God will find their rest. And righteousness will be established in full throughout all the land. As the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, who was raised in triumph, comes to establish His kingdom on earth. Today is Easter Sunday. At the resurrection, Jesus Christ took over the throne of David and fulfilled the ministry of the Messiah given to Israel. And today I want to celebrate with you the fact that because the King has come, all the nations of the earth are invited to come and find their rest in Zion now. In Matthew 28, we read the Great Commission. Jesus says, All authority on heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. I grew up in the church and I always heard that passage and I, I referred to it as the Great Commission. Some pastors even called it the Greatest Commission. When there are two parts of it that we want to talk about today. The first, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And he's declared once and for all that he has established his kingdom as king over heaven and earth. And second, next to it, is the immediate instruction to go, get out, bring all the nations back here to their king, find them wherever they are, in the lowest places and in the highest places, bring the nations to their king. The significance of this kingdom is this. If he is Israel's king, if Israel's king has ascended the throne of his father David, that means the promised covenant has come. And all that comes with it, hearts of stone instead of hearts of flesh. Can you believe it? Forgiveness of sin when we would have nothing left. Return from spiritual exile. But especially important, the filling and promised Holy Spirit covering the earth with His glory. And the invitation to people from every tribe, nation, and tongue and background to come and find their King. Jesus Christ, the righteous. On Palm Sunday, when Jesus entered the town on a cult, he chastised the religious leaders and said, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? And here he was quoting Isaiah 56, 7, that the temple, the true purpose of the temple was to be a bright light 
to which all people in darkness would go and find the light of God. And in his symbolic portrayal to his claim of the throne of David, he rebukes the religious leaders, claiming that they had made the temple into something it was not supposed to be. But Jesus, having come, Jesus made it so. Jesus would come and establish everything that Israel and the promises of God were supposed to be. We go back to the book of Genesis when the Lord calls a man named Abraham to himself. And in in his original promise for covenant, he says, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then as the, the story progresses, we find that central to Israel's identity was that the God of glory would speak through them and that they would be a light to the nations. That the entire earth would know the glory of the Lord. And so we read the prophetic and theological center of passages like in Isaiah 2. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in your midst and you shall know the Lord has sent me to you. Michael 1 says, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah chapter 8 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to one another, saying, Let us go and entreat the Lord. And seek the favor of the Lord of hosts. I am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts. In those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall hold the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that the Lord God is among you. Israel's hope was that the Messiah would come and make everything right for them and they would see in the Messiah the fulfillment finally of the promises made and so we see that when Jesus comes and he stands in front of his disciples and he says all authority has been given to me he is saying I the king have taken my throne I have defeated the enemies death hell and the grave I will pour my spirit out over all the earth I will put my law into the hearts of men and they shall know that I am the Lord and that I love them. And because I have done this, go, bring them to me. Because I have taken my kingdom, bring the nations to me. I am their God and I love them. Matthew 28 says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we have our great commission church. And the Apostle Paul, knowing a very special mission had been given to him, he was the first apostle, the primary apostle to the Gentiles, at least at first. Peter in Acts 10 finds that God has made Gentiles co-heirs with Christ and heirs of God by faith. And in Matthew 24, we read Jesus saying this, The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. And then, if you've read the book of Revelation, by the way, don't be afraid of reading the book of Revelation. It has things that are confusing, but it is awesome. 
Revelation 7 says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, tribe, and tongue, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the leaders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord and King, and the resurrection proves it is so. Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the dead, and because of that, the end of the ages has come. And because He is the Lord and King, all the nations can come and find their rest in Him. May the good news of Jesus Christ be lifted in your hearts this morning. This is not just a strange mystery that Paul says is important. This is the center in salvation that all of us have been hoping for. This is the cornerstone of our faith because Jesus is risen from the dead. All authority has been given to Him and He is the King of the universe and under His name all the nations will find their rest. So I rejoice with you this Easter morning. In His death, Jesus Christ gave Himself for your sins and for mine. In His resurrection, he, vindic- he was vindicated as the Son of God, and He purchased for us eternal life, life and love. And then He ascended and took the throne of heaven and earth. And seated now next to the Father is Jesus Christ the righteous, who one day is coming again to bring His people to Himself. And because it is so, you and I have been given a mandate. Go and tell people. Bring them all to me. Go and tell your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones. Don't be ashamed because the righteous God is on the throne. Tell them. Tell them that Jesus Christ loves them and that no matter what they've done, no matter where they come from, they can find forgiveness in Christ. Tell them that salvation comes not by trying to find it and work for it, but by receiving it as a free gift in faith. Tell them. Tell them they can be made washed new, pure, and clean. Let them know that all they have to do is believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And the God of glory will make them from a dead person to a living, resurrected person. That is the gospel. And if you are listening this morning and you have never given yourself to this king, this mighty king who took a cross and then rose from the dead, I invite you to put your faith in Jesus now. Don't wait. Run to the Savior of your souls who has taken the kingdom of heaven and know, in fact, that He's coming soon. Please, please find salvation in Christ before He comes back. And for you, church, the Lord God has given us a mission. It was not a random thing that Jesus thought up on the spot. Because the king has sat on his throne in Zion, the nations have their rest to run to. He is risen. Let's do it again. He is risen. He is risen risen indeed. Let's pray. Father of glory, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ the righteous to a broken world to make all things new.
I thank you that because he has done his great work, that we can find salvation in Christ. And indeed, I stand here as a member of the nations, a Gentile by birth, someone who has received the salvation of Christ because he came. And so I thank you, dear Lord, that you have risen from the dead. You've risen your son from the dead. Oh, Jesus Christ, seated at the throne, I exalt you. And I thank you that you are the high king of the universe and that there is no other. I thank you that you were perfect. I thank you that you died for my sins. And I thank you that you rose, conquering sin, death, and the grave. And I pray, Father, that many people would come to salvation this morning because of that good news. And I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen.